This message is a recording from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space to practice the ways of Jesus together as the multi-ethnic family of God. Good evening. My name is Erin, and my pronouns are she, her. I was thinking about this the other day. To acknowledge something is to create space for that thing. So when we acknowledge history, it's as if we are figuratively seeing that history as a person that we pull up a chair for and invite to the table of life. We invite that story because we value its voice, its wisdom, its lessons, its contributions, its truth. With that being said, I'd like to once again begin with a land acknowledgement to honor the Native people that existed here before us. This land that we dwell upon today, Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Phoenix, is the ancestral land of the Thana Otham Nation. We acknowledge their historical roots in this place and the many generations who were stewards of this land before it was stolen from them. Let's have a moment of silence to honor the Native people and their history. You may have heard that these next several weeks leading up to the season of Advent, we are preaching from selected homilies by Archbishop Oscar Romero out of his book, The Violence of Love, which is a collection of bite-sized homilies organized by theme. Tonight will be in chapter theme Tonight will be in the chapter theme A History of Salvation and reading a homily from December eleventh, nineteen seventy seven. But before we get there, let me brief you a bit more about Oscar Romero. Oscar Romero was the Archbishop of San Salvador from 1977 until he was assassinated in 1980. He was initially regarded as a conservative choice as Archbishop, but he became increasingly outspoken against human rights after the murder of his close friend in March 1977. A month before he was assassinated, Romero wrote to President Jimmy Carter urging the U.S. to stop backing the Salvadoran government and supplying it with arms and military advisors. And on the day before his assassination, he urged soldiers and police not to follow orders to kill civilians and stop the repression. The peasants you kill are your own brothers and sisters, he preached. When you hear a man telling you to kill, remember God's words, Thou shall not kill. In the name of God and in the name of this suffering people whose laments rise to heaven each day more tumultuous, I beg you, I beseech you, I order you, in the name of God, stop the repression. On December 11th, 1977, nine months after his dear friend was murdered, Oscar Romero's lectionary passage was Psalm 46, 5 through 10. God lifts up those bowed down. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. 
The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. As Oscar Romero reflected on this passage and the state of the people of El Salvador, he wrote this a portion of his homily on December 11th, 1977. What beautiful coffee groves. What fine cane and cotton fields. What farms, what lands God has given us. Nature is so beautiful. But we see it grown under oppression, under wickedness, under injustice, under abuse, and the church feels its pain. Nature looks for a liberation that will not be mere material well-being, but God's act of power. God will free nature from sinful human hands, and along with the redeemed, it will sing a hymn of joy to God, the liberator. Recently on my For You TikTok page, this video popped up by Indigo Bruno talking about the science of earth as a living being. I thought it was interesting how he pieced it together, so I want to read to you a portion of it. And as I read it, I want you to listen to it in light of Psalm 146 and Oscar Romero's homily, and how he connects the liberation of both earth and humanity into one. Some scientists actually believe planet earth is a living being. In the 1970s, James Lovelock discovered that earth behaves much like any other living entity. He discovered that in the same way our body remains maintains homeostasis through its cells and organs, the earth maintains homeostasis through its organisms and environment. Basically, in the same way that your body tries to keep itself alive through its internal processes, the earth also tries to keep itself alive through its own internal processes. This means the earth is actually a living organism that we are a part of like cells inside our body. Although this concept is not new to indigenous people, Lovelock later called this idea the Gaia theory, which states that every living creature is not just on the earth, it is the earth. Every living thing is the life and breath and consciousness of the planet, including ourselves. Now, I know what you're thinking. If the earth is a living organism made up of many other living organisms, which work together to create greater harmony and balance, then why is our earth such a mess? Well, logically, it's because something has fallen out of the natural balance of the greater whole. The ancient people knew that we were one organism, one interconnected web of life, and that whatever we did to nature or the web, we also did to ourselves. Modern humans tend to forget that because we don't see ourselves as part of nature. If we want to save the planet, we must first remember that we ourselves are the planet. And then like our ancestors did and like all other organisms on the planet do, we must find ways to remain in natural balance and in harmony with ourselves and with the world around us. 
One ancient Native American proverb says, regard heaven as your father, earth as your mother, and all things as your brothers and sisters. Earlier this week, I was invited to attend an online Bible study by a black female New Testament scholar, Dr. Raquel Letson. She was talking to us about the difference between sympathy and empathy and the way that Jesus cares for people embodied in the biblical Greek word, splok nizomai. This word literally means to be moved so deeply by something that you feel it to the pit of your stomach. It is a visceral gut reaction that requires the participation of your whole body. She was talking about this word in light of how Jesus was moved with compassion to care for others. Sympathy is how I feel about you. Empathy is how you feel. Sympathy can mean that I've gained an understanding of how another feels, but it can also have an air of condescension or self-pity that drives separateness. Because it says you're over there feeling that way and I'm over here. Empathy, however, is about feeling with and centering how someone else feels. Empathy carries a willingness to enter the story from the perspective of another. To place yourself on equal footing without judgment. It drives connection. It says that we are right here feeling this way. Together. If sympathy and empathy were trying to help someone out of a dark hole in the ground, sympathy would look down from the top of the hole and say, Are you okay down there? Do you need anything? I'm so sorry that this is your fate in life. Empathy, on the other hand, would throw a rope down the hole, not to beckon one to climb out, but to lower itself down and climb into the black hole and be with them. And from that place of shared experience, liberate them both when ready. Both sympathy and empathy are good things, and I do not mean in any way to shame you into feeling that you must have empathy over sympathy. Both are good and have their rightful place in life. But I simply mean to give you a picture of what Jesus does for us when he is moved with compassion for those whose backs are against the wall. Jesus didn't just figuratively stay up in heaven and look down upon mankind and say, are you guys okay? I see there's a lot of violence happening down there. Do you need anything? Can I send something down for you to relieve you of your pain? Instead, Jesus came down to where we are. He put himself in the black hole to sit with us in the darkness of despair. He came close and joined us. And from that place of proximity, closeness, togetherness, he liberated us. From that place, Jesus spoke and lived by a new way, a way of love. He invited those who followed him to prophetically imagine liberation as a result of empathetic love. What Oscar Romero had hoped for the Salvadoran people is that those in power would see and understand that like the earth, we are one people and belong to one another. 
and like Jesus, have empathy for our country's most vulnerable, the poor. Romero wanted his listeners to see that as God's good creation, we are responsible for our neighbors. So to bring harm to someone else is actually bringing harm to ourselves. His constant call for rulers of government to end the violence was a cry to go back to the beginning and remember what God intended for all of creation the moment he spoke life into existence. Remember, Genesis was written by Moses who God used to liberate the children of Israel from the oppressive rule of the Egyptians. The very first thing Moses writes for God's people after a divine act of liberation was a call to return to our original beauty and purpose. That we are God's creation and should act in harmony with one another and the earth around us. Romero's reflection of God's good creation groaning under oppression is a call that beckons us to resist the things that oppress and rob us of life and step into acts of love that liberate. Our bodies tell a story when it resists disease by fighting against dangerous chemicals, pathogens, and cell alterations that might make us sick. Creation tells a story when it resists greenhouse gas emissions, fossil fuel burning, and non-renewable energy through the increase of natural disasters. And we tell a story when we resist oppression and stand up to abusive power and use creative justice to tear down systems that oppress. We are using force, the great force of love. In an act of nonviolence, we resist violence by beckoning all of creation back to its original beauty and intent. Return to beauty. I beckon us all to return to love. This is the violence of love that flushes out diseases and restores health and harmony in all things. 29 years after the assassination of Oscar Romero on March 15, 2009, the new president of El Salvador announced that his government would be inspired by Romero and the option for the poor, choosing to put the most vulnerable people first. This happened 29 years after Oscar Romero was assassinated. What this communicates to me is that the development of flourishing community is slow and steady. So slow at times you may feel like nothing's happening. So slow you may pass on and never see the fruit of your labor in its entirety. The ways of Jesus that Oscar Romero preached and practiced were resilient enough to withstand natural disasters. Tiny like seeds, but powerful enough to influence the new government 29 years later. Seemingly insignificant, but nonviolently violent enough to correct a spiritual imbalance in society. Communally, we must understand that the ways of Jesus we hold dear are the very things that will save the lives of those who believe and the lives of those who doubt. 
we may not see the earth's complete restoration in our lifetime. Oscar Romero didn't. But be not discouraged. For Psalm 146 reminds us our hope is in the Lord our God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord's way of love will reign forever. Even if we don't live to see it, his love will reign for all generations. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. This message encouraged you. Let us know or share it with someone you know. For more information about Kaleo, visit kaleophx.com or follow us on social media at kaleophx.